Hi, and welcome to my podcast. This podcast is all about being an Adderall addict. Yes, that's what I said, an Adderall addict. And overcoming ADHD and depression with thought, action, self-love, and some Adderall. If you do not struggle with addiction, then this podcast is probably not for you. But I did. Adderall was a huge part of my mental health journey, and I want to share my insights, the positives, the negatives, and I want to help someone that might be stuck in the same mindset that I was to overcome their greatest fears. Overconsumption and obsession is what I'm talking about here. And through the reflection into my own personal journey and my opinions, I will share how the overconsumption and obsession led me to the gates of my own personal version of death. I'm not advising anyone to stop taking a prescribed medication, nor am I judging anyone who needs it to get through their current situation. I do honestly believe without that mental clarity and without that strength that the drug gave me for a short period of time, without that, I would not have excelled my life forward to start living on my own terms and according to my own personal will. But moderation and control is the key. It can be a really difficult transition from those daily doses to the growth of your own personal strength. So anyone who feels they are ready to take that step, I hope that my experiences can help you. Hi, and welcome to my podcast. This is episode number nine. And this podcast, as you know, is all about overcoming Adderall addiction. Um, In this podcast episode, I want to answer another question that I got, another two questions that I got from somebody, from a listener. And I want to talk about withdrawal from Adderall. Um, Before I can remember... All the good things about Adderall, I remember the withdrawing from the Adderall. And I think it's a little bit overlooked, downplayed. I don't think it's understood well. And I think that nobody is really talking about how difficult it really is. There's like this misconception that it's all mental and it's not physical. Um, That's like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I want to go into a little bit about my experience with it and just share that with all of you. So I also want to say thank you to the people that have left me some comments. Um, They're really nice to read. I'm so glad that this is helping people. I'm so glad that the things that I'm sharing are resonating and that you're feeling like This is useful to you and your life and your journey of getting this drug out of your life. Because it is a journey. It's it's a desire, but don't don't think that it's something that is so easy to do and there's something wrong with you because you can't just do it right away. Because I thought like that. And now in retrospect, I look back and I'm like, wow, okay, when I took this baby step here... I was making progress. When I took this step over here, I was making progress. Even when I relapsed, I was making progress because I didn't relapse and go back to using it the same way that I was using it before. 
I just went back to using it. But I, I had this conscious awareness going on. I was conscious about it and I was conscious about the fact that I couldn't take more than two a day. The fact that I had this, this uncontrollable craving to want to just take more and more and more. Um, I wanted to lose control with it and I was aware of that. And I was, I was, I was realizing that that was only going to get worse or that was only going to just make me miserable, which are both kind of the same thing. Um, but I also want to bring up the fact that addiction does, can lead to suicide. Um, it can be really easy to forget how serious an Adderall addiction can get because it is a medication that's looked at as a prescription for somebody to be able to focus in a normal life. It's not as seemingly scary as like a heroin addiction, a cocaine addiction, or a raging alcoholic, um, but it, it can be just as bad, if not worse. It can lead to suicide. Withdrawal can lead to suicide if you're not prepared for it. If you don't know what's going on with your body, you can lose control and you can make a mistake. And that happens to people. Um, so I just want to bring up the fact that today, Memorial Day, it's 1215. 1,500 people have already committed suicide. I'll leave the link in the show notes to the world ometer that I look at for that number. Um, but it just should be eye-opening because it's, it's barely noon. And who knows why those 1,500 people have killed themselves. Maybe it was addiction. Maybe it was poverty. Maybe it was bullying. Maybe it was an accident. Who knows? But somewhere in that 14, 1,500, I can guarantee there's something related to addiction. Um, so don't, don't take it lightly. Don't, don't downplay your empathy towards other people about this drug and your your ability to have empathy towards yourself about the drug and your ability to care about yourself and your your desire to learn more even if you're still on the drug that means something it means everything honestly it means everything i wouldn't be here today if i didn't have that inside of me pulling me out of the addiction that's what it is it's it's energy pulling you up. So just, just let it happen and don't rush it. Just learn. Um, a question I want to answer is a girl asked me if I could talk a little bit about my darkest phases with Adderall. Sure. Um, I would say the darkest, the darkest things for me were the way I was treating the people around me. Um, and that really blew up for me in the last couple of years because I found a career that I loved and I, I lost an opportunity in it, a very good opportunity to, to grow and learn with some, some very good people that I wanted to work with. But I was so addicted to Adderall that I could not, I just couldn't keep my emotions separate from work. And it blew up in my face and I ended up losing the opportunity. I ended up losing the job. Um, so 
that blow to my career, to my ego, to my independence, to everything I had been working on, to the things that I was taking Adderall to fix, it just, it completely backfired on me. Um, and it was, you know, when you go into that state of mind, when the drug makes you really angry and you don't realize it, and you're kind of stuck in this blame game of blaming everybody else for the way that you feel, that can snowball and build into something very detrimental to maybe your romantic relationships, maybe your family relationships, friendships, your career, um, your diet, everything. So... I would say that was that was probably the darkest um, experience with the drug that led me to just as dark places after that. Because dealing with that and realizing that I had this opportunity and I completely didn't know how to grasp it and I didn't even know with the medication that was supposed to help me, like I really felt like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Um, I also believe we go through dark things and we learn from them and we grow from them and we make it as right as we can possibly make it and you move on and you, you do the best that you can do to advance yourself after that. And it kind of taught me to just have, have less expectations, but be professional all the time. Um, no matter what, because your brain is going to act the same way in all situations subconsciously. So if I can be professional in one area of my life during a tough situation, then I can be professional in the area of my life that it's more obviously expected to be professional without even thinking about it when I really need to be. And that's really what I drew from that and what I learned from it. But it was very challenging to go through that. It was it was very dark. It made me very sad. I was depressed for a long time because of it. I started, I didn't even think about stopping the Adderall because of it. And that was a problem. Um, I did all kinds of things to cope with it, except want to get better. Um, so that was that probably my darkest experience with it, to be honest. Um, and then the second darkest thing was just the, the withdrawing from the drug. It was, it was very hard. Um, so I'll go into that now because that's kind of my topic for this episode. And I have some information from an article that I will link in my show notes so you can read the article. I do recommend that you read it. It's a pretty quick read and it's really informative just about like some facts about the medication. Um, but the symptoms of withdrawal are extreme fatigue, sleep disturbances, insomnia, intense and vivid drug-related dreams, hunger, memory impairment, drug cravings, anxiety, depression, um, they say these symptoms normally last one to two weeks, but in other cases, they can last a lot longer. In my case, they lasted a lot longer. I'm still having 
some symptoms of withdrawal because I have to relearn how to do things that that I avoided doing and my brain got used to not thinking about or I got used to not emotionally caring about um so I have to I have to relearn a lot of things and that's that's just the way it is and that's fine um but you got to be aware of that so post acute withdrawal system or sy syndrome post acute withdrawal syndrome can last months or years um and I I can see that now because I I still struggle with depression. I my anxiety has gotten significantly better because I've learned to take action when I feel anxiety. I either meditate or I remove myself from a situation, even if it's a big situation, even if it's possibly like something major in your life that's going on and you have to make a you have to pivot in the other direction. You've got to You've got to think about it. Don't just do it without thinking about it. And you've got to realize that that thing might be giving you anxiety. And that's why you get nervous every time you go into this situation or you don't feel good or you get irritated. Like that anxiety is telling you something. And it can be a major life shift to have to deal with that. But that's what life is about. It's not about... It's not about... Let me take this pill and talk to this therapist about how much I hate my job because I need to work this job because I need money. It's about, okay, when I go into this job, and this is just hypothetical. I'm not telling anyone to quit their job. But if you're having a situation where you, you get anxiety so much when you go into this place that you work and you like it, but you just get anxiety. And that's telling you something. Maybe you need to be doing something else. Maybe you need to be trying to get a promotion. Maybe you need to step down. Maybe you need to cut back your hours. Maybe you need to increase your hours. There's something that needs to change. And life is constantly changing. We're constantly growing. We're constantly evolving. And that's, that's beautiful. That's a gift to be able to recognize that you need to do that and seek out the guidance, seek out the help, seek out the knowledge to do that. But instead, we're being trained to, to just kind of take a pill and deal with it. And I did that here and there. I would do that in situations until it got so bad that I just, I had to leave it. And I wouldn't always leave it in a healthy way because I was, I had an alcoholic mind, I had a drug addict mind, and I would want to just cut it as quick as possible, as easy as possible for myself. And that was damaging to my life. It was damaging to my relationships. It was damaging to my self-esteem. It was damaging sometimes to just every part of every part of me. And it's just important to learn that anxiety is a sign and you can take action on it right away. I think, honestly, anxiety might be a little easier for me to deal with than depression because sadness hurts in a different way. Anxiety can kind of feel uncomfortable, but I can still function. But if I'm feeling really depressed um, and I don't want to get up or interact with people or I feel bad about myself, I it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult to deal with. 
So they are two different things. Um, going back into the withdrawal, you're going to have cravings for it. That's where a relapse can come in. And just remember if that happens, if you take more than you were supposed to take that day because you were trying to taper off, if you take one when you didn't want to take one because you're, you're just starting your journey, don't be hard on yourself. Just be aware of how you made yourself feel because maybe you feel like guilt. You let yourself down a little bit. Talk to someone about it. Tell someone about it. Um, that's really the best thing that you can do. Someone you trust. Write a letter. If you don't want to tell anybody, tell your doctor. Tell your therapist. Tell anybody. I'm not saying in any of this that you shouldn't have a doctor or a therapist. You should. But you should be able to be honest with them. And they should honestly want to support you on your journey to better health. And that's, I'll just leave it at that. Um, you might have memory impairment. I had that for a long time. I could not remember the simplest thing sometimes, but it was also because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> like when you learn how to pay attention, you remember things. But when you're used to not paying attention, and you haven't created the habit of having awareness in every situation that you're in or having awareness that you don't want to have awareness, that you don't want to listen, and you don't care that you don't remember something, that's, that's different. But you need to teach yourself how to pay attention. And then your memory impairment will get a, a lot better. And I think that the memory impairment in withdrawal kind of comes from comes from the fact that maybe we're so stressed out about the withdrawing that our mind just doesn't have any space to remember some things and that's that'll pass uh that passed rather quickly for me um occasionally I have something like that pop up but it's it's not a big deal anymore because I know that there's a reason for it. It's not because anything's wrong with me. Um, you might be really hungry sometimes. You might be malnourished from taking Adderall for however many years that you took it. Uh, I was, I was very malnourished. My my hair was falling out. My skin was dry. I wasn't drinking enough water. I wasn't eating the right diet. I was I was eating it weird times of the day and I'm still dealing with with getting control of my diet because I am I'm very hungry and I still have cravings and I just you know you got to learn how to manage that like everybody else it's normal um you might have intense and vivid drug related dreams I've had those um, more with alcohol. I haven't had them with Adderall yet. I might in the future, but I'm just so over the Adderall right now because of how it made me feel and the, the mental state that it put me in that I don't, I don't, I think I have like a, a strong desire to never go back to it. But with alcohol, with leaving that behind, I've had dreams about it. And that's, that's kind of a scary thing, but it's normal. Uh, insomnia, I, 
I don't, I didn't really struggle with insomnia, maybe a little bit, but it was more like when I was on the medication because I would get so hot that I couldn't sleep. Um, that, I guess that could be more of a sleep disturbance, not insomnia, because I would have been able to sleep had I been regulated with my body temperature. And extreme fatigue, I had that for a long time. That was my, my biggest thing was I just was, I was exhausted. Um, so I, I've gotten some messages from some people that are telling me they've been on the, the medication for, for 10 years, some people, and I wasn't on it that long. I was on it for a couple years each time I took it. So like probably a total of four and a half years four, four and a half, maybe five, probably four and a half. Um, but to be on it for 10 years, I've got to think that there's got to be days where you're just tired. And when you stop taking the medication, that that's going to happen to you. You're going to be tired because you're not going to have that energy boost that it's it's been giving you for 10 years. So you got to just kind of, you've got to ease into your schedule You've got to give yourself time to be tired. Give yourself time to take a nap. Give yourself love in taking that nap. It's okay to take a nap. For me, I feel so guilty if I take a nap in the middle of the day because I feel like a loser or something. But when you're coming off of an addiction, you need rest. You really do. You need food. You need rest. You need water. You need therapy, whether the therapy is with a therapist or through a book or through a podcast or through a support group or through um, social media or anything. You need some type of therapeutic experience. Painting, I, I love painting. I think it's a great therapy because I... Every time I'll paint, I don't paint as much as I want to, but I'm kind of starting to figure out how to work it into my life. Um, every time I paint, I just kind of go for it and I do something abstract. And then I'll look at it a few days later, maybe a week later, maybe a month later, maybe a year later. And whatever I've painted is kind of like it was what happened in my life after I painted it. And I didn't paint it with that intention, but it's like I can relate the shape I drew or the design I drew to something that happened in my life after. So for me to make that connection is very therapeutic because it tells me that my senses are alive. It tells me that my brain is active in ways that I don't even realize that are good for me, that might be protecting me, that might be guiding me, that might be my source of, of making a good choice without a drug, without alcohol, without an influence that, that isn't me and my form of God. So having that in your life, something like that, whether it's, it's painting or cooking or something active, is very important and it's a very great way to to get some therapy um, 
yeah, I mean, withdrawal, I think it's, it's downplayed with the Adderall. It really is. A lot of people say that it's not like withdrawing from benzos. It's not like withdrawing from heroin. It's not like withdrawing from alcohol. No, it's not. It's not the same thing. But it's also not easy. It's not a walk in the park. It's not enjoyable. It's not always safe. You have to prepare for it. You have to talk to your doctor. You have to talk to yourself about it. You have to, if you can have the awareness to, plan it. Plan to taper off. Make a strategy. Tell yourself, give yourself little goals. Because you are going to have a significant decrease in your energy. You're just going to that you might want to start supplementing with more caffeine or with like being so busy that maybe you're exhausting yourself. Just just know that you're going to have less energy. Be okay with it. Don't hurt yourself even more emotionally and also with other substances. Just let it happen because I, I did not think my energy would come back. I was so scared and I didn't even realize I was scared. I just, I, I had it set in my mind. I'm, I'm never going to have that energy. Never. And the thing that saved me from that was, first of all, I got really serious about prayer in my life and I prayed about it. I asked God to remove the addiction. After that, somehow that fear of not having the energy, it was still there, but I didn't, I didn't let it expand. I didn't think about it. I didn't even realize it was still there. I just realized I had to stop. So it was kind of like I, I wasn't afraid anymore, but I knew, I know that fear was inside of me because that fear has defined my addiction for my whole life. That fear defined the reason I took my first drink. That fear defined the reason I, I was a people pleaser my whole life and said yes, yes, yes to everything and didn't take care of myself. But when I prayed about it and I got serious about the prayer, that prayer was answered and I didn't think about it. I just, I just knew that I had to stop taking the drug and I knew I had to figure it out. And so I, I, I did it with everything I could. And I really believe that God for me removed that fear, made it, made it unable to be felt so that I could go through the motions. And there's something I heard somebody say at one of the support groups that I go to I go to support groups. I'm, I don't just wake up like this. <laughs> it's, it's very important to find a support group, whether it's NA, AA, church group, um, something sober that you can do with people that are, that are going to be supportive, that you can trust, that you can tell about your issues. Um, very important. It's why I'm here today and so strong and passionate about recovery. But... The thing that I wanted to say 
what was it that I wanted to say? I think I forgot. Um, you, yeah, you need to have, you need to have support <laughs> and you need to know that there are people out there that are geared to help you. There's a reason people pray. There's a reason there's a suicide hotline. There's a reason there's support groups like AA and NA. There's a reason people go to church. It's all there for us to have a healthy outlet to leave these addictions and find ourselves. And that's that's available to you any time of the day. I was going through a really dark time when I went through my withdrawal and I was having a really bad day. And I said this in the last episode, but I did think about self-harm. And at that moment in time, I didn't visualize myself actually doing it, but I did end up calling the suicide hotline. And they are just very to the point about things. Like, they, they're not going to sit on the phone and talk to you like a therapist. But they're going to talk to you. They're going to make sure that you're okay physically, that you haven't hurt yourself. They're going to maybe ask you a question or two to kind of understand why you're calling. And then they're going to let you know they were there for you. If you need anything, you can call this number, this number, or call us back. And then that's it. The call is very quick. But after I made that call... And I got off the phone and I realized that I didn't actually want to go there. I didn't actually want to do that. It was just like a reality check for me. And being able to have that when I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody, when I felt like nobody understood, when I felt like I needed Adderall and I couldn't have it because it was just ruining everything for me and it was bad for me and I didn't understand why I couldn't have it or why I couldn't be normal. That... Getting there to that point and having that hotline to call made an impact because it made me realize just how deep I was and how much I needed to stop the medication, how much I needed to get sober, how much I needed help. And we don't all get to that point, but we all get to some point. That's our, our turning point. So those resources are there for you. Those meetings are there for you. Those phone numbers are there for you. Those podcasts, those books, those movies, music. I just listened to a song the other day from Slipknot about Adderall. I, I really like Slipknot. They're a great band. But to have a big band like that write a song about it, shows you that so many people understand this and you're not alone. Starting this podcast has made me feel so, so much better about the fact that I'm not the only one struggling with this. And that's a huge part of why I recommend finding a group because knowing that you're not alone and knowing that these feelings that you have 
are something that somebody else has dealt with too and they've learned how to deal with it without the Adderall and they've learned how to actually deal it out of their life and, and come out a stronger person, a better person, a happier person, a whole person is so inspiring. And finding that, grasping it, and then being able to help other people with that, that's what it's all about. We have to be here for each other. Because one day, the Adderall, it might not work for you anymore. One day, it might not be there anymore. One day, it might start hurting you. So you have to learn how to do all these things without it, how to focus without it, how to read without it, how to write a paper without it, how to get along with the people around you without getting irritated at every little thing without it, how to wake up in the morning and not need it for an energy rush. That was big for me. That was huge for me. I felt like I could not get out of bed. I needed that in the morning. And it was, it was the praying again that removed that fear completely. It just did. I don't even know how to, how to explain that. It just happened. And it was, it was because I got very serious about the prayer and I, I'm, I'm prayed multiple times about it, but I, I committed to that desire full force. And it was like, I woke up in the morning one morning and I just didn't take it. Next morning I woke up, just didn't take it. And now it's like, I know that if I wanna have that energy to pop out of bed and be excited about life and get up at 6 a.m. the first time my alarm goes off, I've gotta have a reason to get out of bed. And now it's not the Adderall. It's things like this, it's passion projects, it's my career, it's my friends, it's my family, it's plans I have on the weekend with people that I haven't seen in so long and I'm excited to go do this thing because I'm excited about life now. Or it's not feeling guilty about sleeping until nine because I needed the rest. Because we don't always have to get up at 6 a.m. We don't. But when you do need to, it's very gratifying. It's very invigorating to do it on your own without the Adderall. It's a process. It takes time. It takes a strategy. It takes education. It might take prayer for you. Try it. Some people have reached out and they said they're not religious. They don't pray. You don't have to be religious to pray, um, or you can be religious and you can pray the way your religion prays, um, either one. If you're serious about it, and even if you're just praying, maybe you don't believe in God and you just pray to yourself or you just pray to the universe, or you pray to Mother Earth, you can pray to anything. But if you're serious and you really have that desire inside of you and you're taking the action, It'll happen. That's what I was going to say earlier when I forgot. I heard somebody in a support group say that all we have to do is be in the boat and row. God will steer. And it's true. It's so true. All you have to do sometimes is 
put one foot in front of the other and walk into the office because you've done everything it took to get into that office and get that job and get that license and get that degree and get that promotion and get that, that life that you have. So all you have to do is show up with a positive attitude, with a kind heart, with a forgiving spirit, with a problem-solving presence, and God will do the rest. I really believe that. Or whatever your source of energy is will do the rest. And it's not Adderall. Adderall is not going to do that for you. Temporarily, yes, it might help you. It helped me a lot in the beginning. I do believe sometimes things like that are needed if you don't have the other tools, if you don't have the awareness or the strength to learn holistically, it can help. And there's no shame in that, none. But if you're here, there's a reason. So just remember to be patient with yourself. Remember that you need to be kind to yourself. Remember that being kind to other people is going to is going to help you understand the point of life is going to help you overcome your addiction. The littlest act of kindness going out of your way. Um, remember that people commit suicide every day because of addiction. Remember that there's a suicide hotline that you can call if you're just having a bad day and you're crying and you're having thoughts of self-harm. Call them. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in it. It made a huge impact on me. It turned me around. And prayer. It works. So that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for reaching out. I'm here if you want to send me an email. I'm going to leave a bunch of stuff in the show notes. I'm going to leave the article that I made reference to. I'm going to leave the suicide hotline number. And I'm going to leave my email. Happy Memorial Day. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And God bless your soul.